So uh, first off, I apologize. I got terribly, well, I wouldn't say terribly sick, but just annoyingly sick to where oh, I had yeah, a runny yeah, nose yeah. and like a cough nonstop. <laughs> so I didn't think it would be real conducive to a to an interview of any sort. No, yeah. My side, especially like now, you probably got, it's a little bit colder up there, but like us, it's like 70, then yeah. 30, then 40. And I'm like, this shit sucks. And, and it's I'm just like, <laughs> damp and miserable and, yeah. and awful. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. So you got a, it sounds like you got a lot going on, but uh, you got the brotherhood and everything going on yeah. there. What what exactly, give me the, the elevator pitch and then we'll dive in from there. So the the purpose of Fuse Brotherhood, what I do is I bring men together to build, battle, and bond. And, and what that means is really to build their purpose and for them to live with purpose. Uh, we come together every single week over Zoom and we have our brotherhood sessions uh, that we kind of, we go through and we talk about the topics that men don't really want to talk about. Uh, we talk about things that we need to, we celebrate the wins. Um, we go through the struggles with our brothers and and we battle through all of those different things that life throws at you, either as a man, as a husband, as a father, um, and in your career, things like mm-hmm. that. So, um, we do that all together. And then we have the conversations that allow us to stay aligned to our purpose and then also just live with purpose every day. So that, you know, we're better for ourselves. We're better for our families, we're better for our communities. We're better for our career. Um, and, uh, that's what the brotherhood's about. So, so then we have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> so how do you typically find your, your members of your, your, a lot of, over the year, a lot of times it's uh, through social media, mm-hmm. uh, and then guys that I know um, from my uh, from the York area, um, a lot of different podcasts I've been on. We've got guys from from the podcast um, that I've been on in our podcast, and then um, also um, some of the other brothers. They bring they invite other guys to to sit in, check out, see what we do, see if the conversations are good, see if it's an mm-hmm. environment that actually works for them, that's valuable and usable for them, and then uh, if that, so we have it that way too that. Um, other guys bring in, bring sure. in their buddies and stuff like that too. So. Sure. So how long does it typically take for somebody to actually open up and have a, uh, I don't want to say meaningful conversation, yeah. but a, a, uh, a truth-based conversation without all the charade of, of life? A lot of times right away. Really? Um, just because it, when, when I usually do a 10 minute call with guys and I just, I laid out the line, you know, and say, Hey, here's what it's about. Um, here's what we talk about. Uh, we get deep, we go deep and that's what we expect. We expect you to be your real self, uh, not come as anybody fake and not try to just fit in, but we want you to feel like you belong. We want sure. you to feel like, you know, you can, you have a voice here and that your voice is important and it's powerful and, and that, you know, you can say the things that you need to say that maybe you can't say to somebody else, you know, maybe you could say here, like, Hey, I'm really frustrated with my wife, but you can't necessarily say it to her face, you know, sure. right now, but be able to, talk about it and understand, Hey, these guys have gone through it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool because like I lead it, but I also need it, you know? And, and that's the cool thing. It's like, you know, there's some weeks on there. Like I go through some things and struggles and, and, you know, we have three kids. I'm from a blended family. You know, we have a blended family together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got custody agreements and this, and sometimes man, it just gets freaking nuts. And I'm like, all right, so how do I navigate through this? And it's cool to have other brothers that, I can go to and be like, Hey dude, this is why I'm frustrated. And then mm-hmm. somebody be like, dude, I've been there, done that. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. And I'm like, really? I'm like, they're like, yeah. So, you know, just everything and anything, you know, we've talked about, you know, the other week we, we talked about erectile dysfunction. Guys don't want to talk about it. Don't mm-hmm. talk about my manhood. You know what I mean? But right. it was cool because like all of us in some fashion have dealt with those different things and the feelings that come with it, because like, that's, that's, that's our, that's our guy. You know what I mean? Right, that's our right. part. 
What's really, so. what's really weird about that too is, so that's a perfect example. So the reason that those drugs became wildly popular to help out with that isn't because there was like three dudes suffering yeah. from it. We think though, we think we're the only one. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so it's kind of wild once you actually break past that and yeah. then everybody's like, oh yeah, 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 me yeah, too. Yeah. So, so how did you get started? So obviously as the founder of this, there had to have been a day where you were like, yeah. there's a need for this or I have this yeah. idea that I want to pursue. So how, how did that come about? How do you, I'm always curious about when yeah. groups like this, how they, what was the, the thing that started it? Where did it come the, from? The catalyst was my own hell I was putting myself through. That's really what it was, you know. Um, what I'm 40 now, five, six years ago at 35, you know, I was sitting on my couch over here having a panic attack over a TV show, Game of Thrones. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, like what, what is going on? I was living anxiously. Um, my career as an educator, I was a burnout teacher. Um, you know, I just felt like I was drifting, like I was just drifting through life. And it just got to the point where my, I allowed my anxiety to take over me. And, um, and just run my life. And sure. I was like, something had to change. And it was that moment where my wife was sleeping on me through a Game of Thrones episode, but I don't know how, but um, have you ever watched it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the whole the whole door scene, that's the one mm-hmm. that that inspired me out. I I took on the feelings. Of, so the pixie was in, in the tree and getting mm-hmm. surrounded by the ice. I took that on, like how they felt trapped. I mm-hmm. felt like that internally. That's where I felt in my mind, in my body, like in my life, I just felt trapped. I felt like I was drifting everywhere, but anywhere I wanted to go. And um, so that's kind of where I felt, but I was like sitting on the couch there. My wife was sleeping on me and I had this like outer body experience. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, dude, what is up, man? <laughs> like, you're supposed to be a provider protector. I'm like, dude, what's going on, man? And I'm just looking at myself going, man, like something has to change and it has to be me. I can't wait for something to come down the road. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I had to then build myself back up. I had to battle through all the crap. And then I had to create these bonds with my wife, my kids, my family, my career uh, with other men that allowed me to be like, hey, who is Clay Smeltzer and how does he show up in the world? You know, and that's what we help men do is, you know, who is like John's one of our one of our good buddies, you know, Toby, Dave, who are who's Dave and how do you show up? You know, who's Mm -hmm. John and how do you show up? in the world and what do you do and what 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 can you give and serve to the world that is in your purpose and and that's where the purpose infused brotherhood came to because I wasn't living with purpose I didn't know what it was I had no idea I'm just like running around a circle or going on vacation and having no destination to go to and, and you know so for me like that purpose infused was revealing my purpose because it's always been in me and then infusing it into every part of my life and because I did that I had one of one of the guys I grew up with, he reached out and was like, Hey, Clay, can you help me? Cause I see what you're doing. And I'm like, sure. I don't know how I'm going to do that. So, you know, coaching, <laughs> coaching that stuff like that and men's work and men's group, that wasn't in my mind, but he asked and I was like, yeah, man, like, he's like, I'm going through it. Can we meet? So we met for breakfast. He told me we were going through it. I'm like, man, that sounds exactly like what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, here's what I went through. I'll walk you through that and see what happens. And uh, we did that. And that's kind of where that all you know, came from is helping men reveal their purpose, live with that, you know, find out really what it is, who, who am I? And then the brotherhood came from that because the conversations I was having with him and other men, it's just a space that was needed that you can be who you are and have that place and space that you it's celebrated instead of be like, no, you got to be this over here. You got to be this over here. And, 
being as men, we like, you know, we try to be everybody for everybody else and nothing for ourselves. And it's like, we got to get that back. And one of the strange things that, uh, I, you know, I found this out, I don't want to say the hard way, but uh, so I, I'm a business owner, you know, pretty much always have been more or less one way or another. And, uh, you start to feel like you are, you are the only one with these unique problems and going back to like the erectile dysfunction. I am the only one in this universe that is having this struggle and God forbid I tell anybody about it because then it looks like I'm not a good business owner or uh, a teacher or a a wife or a husband. Like I'm struggling with this one thing and I'm just going to keep it quiet because as soon as I let this out, everybody's going to realize like, Oh, he's not really good at that at all. And most people go, Oh yeah, me too. And yeah. you you don't realize that till <laughs> correct. Yeah, it takes a long time. I think sometimes yeah. before you just get comfortable oh, yeah. enough to to. I don't know if it's not care anymore. Or, uh, finally, need some help somewhere yeah. that you. Or, Absolutely, and I th- I think the environment matters too because like like I said, I'm up front. We do a ten minute call just to talk with people. Say, hey, here's what it's about. Here's what we expect. Um, here's what it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, and they get to sit in. You know, so anybody that would like to join, I'm like, listen, if you're if you're going to use our services like, and, and be part of the brotherhood. Um, like don't spend your money or don't invest in yourself until you actually know if it's going to be value to you. So come in and sit in. Sure. So we have guys come and sit in and they're like, wow, like I didn't know guys talked about this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, right. man, I said, that's how it is. But if this is something that you want to do, that's what we're going to expect out of you as well. You know, and we have guys that, that come in and who are more outgoing. We have guys that come in who are more passive, um, you know, that don't say a lot, but when they do, it's, it's profound. You're like, dang, right. like right. you're waiting for the right moment for that. <laughs> that was good. Right. Um, so it, it's all, we got all walks of life. We got all income levels. We got, you know, it's, it, it's cool because guys that you didn't think you would ever relate to, like I relate to a lot, like, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's really cool just to see that perspective because that perspective allows you to look at yourself. And we always, I always talk about the ARA sequence, assess, reflect, and adjust. It allows us to do that when we hear other people's perspectives, instead of like getting in a fight or saying, no, you got to believe what I believe and blah, sure. blah, blah, sure, sure. all that kind of stuff. So what's wild to me is uh, I always have a, a kind of a notion in the back of my head that there's almost nobody that you won't like if you have to spend a certain amount of time with them. And it's varying for different people. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was younger, I worked a lot of construction and I would just get stuck with these partners. And <laughs> like instantly you're like, oh, this yeah. guy. Like, I, I work construction too. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to work with this dipshit. <laughs> like, and then you ride to work with him every day. And if he's not a complete asshole, he's like a relatively normal person. Yeah. You start to become friends and then you start to know about his life. And then yeah. he comes in one day and he's pissed off and you're like, what's going on? Why are you upset? Oh my goddamn wife. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you just start yep. to, after a while you're like, Oh, that's Joe. He, you know, sometimes he's a little rough around the edges, <laughs> you know, he, he's kind of surly all the time, but once you get to know him, he's a good guy and people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. I remember this one time they hired, or it was actually my dad hired him when I was working for my dad. There was a fella who had just gotten out of prison for, I can't remember what, very rough and tumble fella. And at first glance, you're like, really? Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have to hold a knife out just to make sure the guy doesn't kill me on the way to <laughs> the job site. And then we got to be best friends. And and yeah. he, was, he came from a completely different world than I did. But when you get him talking about things and understand the perspective and you, you suddenly realize that like, everybody's dealing with a very similar problem coming from a different direction. 
Correct. And it was really interesting to me. And that was one of the things that taught me early in life, like, all right, hold up. Yeah. Some people suck, but most people are good. Like give yeah. them a chance to decide oh, yeah. which yeah. it is. So. And it, I think, I think that's a cool thing about like, we have so much in our society and, and, and again, I'm an educator. So when we look at that, it's like, we have so much in society. We want to fit in. Oh, you mm-hmm. got to be like this, or you got to be like this. And I think a lot of the times, and, and I'm going to say this, I'm the black sheep of education. So it's like, I'm going to totally say the opposite of whatever somebody thinks I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, but it's like, you know, we try to stick all these people, not only in education, but in society, the, everybody, we try to take them, they're a round peg. We try to shove them in this square hole. And it's like, dude, you ain't going in. You need a round hole. And I think what we've done with society and things like that is we've taken the, the most beautiful thing about humanity away is like the individualism. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't celebrate that. We're like, no, well, you're not in this group or you're not in this clique or you're not this. And it's like, dude, like none of us are exactly the same. Nobody. And that's the coolest thing because you have your gifts. Every, every listener that's listening to this, you all have your own gifts. Like let's celebrate those, you know? And, and that's where as men, we're just like, put our nose to the grindstone and go. And, and we're both from Pennsylvania. So it's like, you know, I'm a blue, I grew up in blue collar Pennsylvania, sure, you know, sure. work your butt off for right. 50 years and then you'll be good. And it's like, no, wait, that ain't working. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, and it's right. like, you know, and it, 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 you know, so it's all these different things. Like you got to find out who you are, what you are. And, <clears throat> and as men, we got to celebrate like who we are in our individualism and, and saying, you know, Hey, here's who I am. Here's, here's Clay Spelzer. Here's John. Here's whatever your name, Bob, Tom, you know, mm-hmm. all those, all those people. And that's where it's a cool thing of you can do that. And we celebrate that. So when you say you, you found your purpose and you, I mean, it sounds like you have a very distinct, um, is it, is it a general purpose or do you have like a very specific? Uh, it's very specific. Okay. Yes. It's very that, specific to me. Is that something you share? Is that a private? Oh, thing? absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, my, my purpose is to own my, sh- well, I'm going to say, well, own my shit, love my story, live with purpose. And then I help other people do that. And mm-hmm. and the cool thing is, is it comes with, so I, I, from my work and what I've done and what I've gone through and the experiences that I've had, I really believe and, and Purpose is a big thing that a lot of, I don't know, for me, it's who you are, not what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I used to say like, well, what's your purpose? Well, I'm a teacher. That's not my purpose. That's what I do. It just happens that my purpose is in what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, like when you reveal your purpose, there's about two to three attributes that everybody has that if you look back in your past, all the things that you felt like you were in the zone, I'm an, an athlete too. So mm-hmm. when you're in the zone, like those two to three attributes, your purpose, man, you were engaged in those, you were aligned, you were like going, you were good. But when your life wasn't going so great, those two to three attributes were not being used in your life. You weren't aligned to those. And when we look back, we just have to go do the deep work to be like, what are those? So for me, it was all about ownership. It was all about love. And it's all about purpose is, is living with that purpose. And once I did that, I looked back at my past and I was like, wow, these things really showed up. Like it was crazy. Cause I look back at my, me being an athlete in high school. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, where did ownership come into play? I was the first one on the field. Last one off. I worked my butt off. Like nobody was outworking me on the field. And then you look at love your story, man. I, I you know, as a team, a team leader, like I built this story, like, listen, here's what we're going to do. No matter if we win or we lose, those people on the other side of the line, they're going to know we showed up and we were here. 
they're going to know her name. And I'm like, so we built that. And then with purpose is just bringing everybody together for that singular thing and say, Hey, listen, we're going to team, we're, we're, we're going to move here and we're going to have that. Uh, and just setting that vision and going after that vision. So when I look back at those good things in my life, those were the times where it was in use, but the bad times, like I'm divorced twice. So like in my divorces, when that went bad, I look back and I'm like, dude, I was not aligned to my purpose. <laughs> I was not aligned to ownership. Uh, I was making excuses. You know, I was not aligned to love and I was not aligned to my purpose and, and helping people do that. And so it's just cool. That kind of thing is like, it's who you are. And once you find out who you are, it creates this freedom for yourself just to be like, I'm just me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and when I was on this couch having a panic attack, you know, a lot of it was, I was trying to be as a dad, as a husband, as a man, as a teacher, as a coach, as all these, I was trying to be everything for everybody else. And I was being nothing for myself. Uh, and when I revealed my purpose and lived by that, now I'm everything for me, which overflows my cup. And from that overflow, man, people just keep drinking, you know, it, it doesn't stop. And, and that's the cool thing is where I was depleting myself and trying to fill back up deplete. Whereas now I'm overflowing. Now it's just the overflow. Anybody can drink from the overflow. You don't put in my cup, you don't take out of my cup, but you can have all the overflow you want. (laughs) So how do you get people to find this stuff for themselves? And, uh, I mean, do you have a, is every, like, I feel like everybody's probably very similar, but everybody's enough different that yeah. there's no one approach that <laughs> that will work perfectly. You said it perfectly. I just actually was talking with somebody tonight and I said that, you know, they're like, is there a step-by-step? I'm like, cause in our world, we went from A to Z, you know, mm-hmm. or one, two, three, four, five. If I do these 10 steps and I was like, the problem with, with purpose and being aligned to it, it's not like that. Life doesn't, the universe doesn't work like that. Life doesn't work like that. You go here and you're like, oh crap. I actually got to go this way. Sure. Oh crap. I got to go this way. Oh, Hey, let's keep going straight. And so for me, I do have a process. I walk people through to reveal their purpose. Um, but the path is always a little bit different for every person. You know, we may stay here in a little bit where there's been some hurt and there's been some, there's some fear or some shame. A lot of times with guys to really break through that wall, it comes down to shame. Like, you know, that's, that's like the last hurdle usually for, mm-hmm. for the guys that I've worked with is really fighting that shame cycle of what is it that you're running? What do you feel shame about? Cause it's, it's the things I call that are back in your shadow that you don't want to deal with that I dive right into. So, sure. <laughs> and, and the other weird thing is like you said, you've been divorced twice. So mm-hmm. a lot of relationships you carry, especially something like a marriage, you'll carry some shame and guilt forward yep, because absolutely. You, you didn't make it work out. And if you can look back at it with some clarity, you can probably yeah. go, well, the person I was at that time didn't really match up yeah. with the person she was at that time or whatever. Yeah. And that was just a bad match. Like that thing yeah. was going to, that was a hand grenade with the <laughs> pin pulled. It was just a matter oh, yeah. of time, you know? Oh yeah. And maybe if we tried again right now, it might work out. We're different people. Or it might not. We're just not compatible. But I feel like too many people, and there's a lot of situations like that in life, carry that through as, yeah. oh, I screwed that all up. And you don't realize that like you screwed that all up because it, it was never going to work. Like there was yeah. no, there's no way. That, it was Abs- oil and yeah. water, you know? Absolutely. That was my second marriage. I mean, my second marriage was, it was done because at some point in time in the beginning of the relationship, she validated who I was as a man, a father, and a husband. Because mm-hmm. from my first marriage, I felt extreme hurt. Like like she just stuck a knife in my heart, went down and like jagged it the whole way around with the doll blade and came back <laughs> up. You know, it was like, ah, you know, and all of a sudden like jammed it up in there and be like, hey, I just want to make sure you know that 
you sure. know, I hurt you. And uh, so I felt worthless, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I described it like this is like, I felt like she cut me off the knees and I fell face fir- first in a puddle. And at that point in time in my life, I didn't want to turn my head. Not that I wanted to die, but I didn't want to turn my head because I was knew it was going to be hard. I was going to have to face the reality of it, mm-hmm. it which means I was going to have to face the reality of myself. <laughs> you know, what did I do? Um, now I started, I came out the gate, like pissed and all this stuff and excuses and it's you sure. and it's you. And then, you know, I had somebody who cared enough about me to tell me the things I needed to hear, not what I wanted mm-hmm. to. And that's also a reason why I believe in that still to this day is because I had somebody tell me like, stop being a big baby. And he used other words, but he's right. like, stop being a big bleeping right. baby and pick your ass up. You don't forward. have to bleep. I'm like, you don't have okay, to sweet. Here, by the way. Let All right. Awesome. Great, great. Whatever, I'm a swearer. So <laughs> Me too. especially when I get excited, but right. he called, he's, yeah, so it was, I was in my living room, walking to my bedrooms, probably like it was real short short distance, but he left a message for me and he's like, Clay, stop being a big fucking baby and pick your ass up and move forward. Click. And I was like, you mother. I was like, I was pissed. I was so pissed. Right, I was ready to right. drive over to his house, which is like an hour away, ring the doorbell. And when he picked it up, just be like, bam, right in the face. <laughs> and be like, F you, man. And, uh, but five seconds later, I'm like, dude, you're right. I'm like, cause what am I doing? Like what, what I was doing is I was thrown a fit. You know, I mm-hmm. wasn't taking out. I wasn't, I wasn't aligned to my purpose. I wasn't taking ownership. I wasn't practicing love and appreciation and gratitude. And I wasn't living in my purpose. And I wasn't surely I wasn't helping anybody else do that. Sure. So I was totally out of alignment. But because of the hurt I felt, I felt worthless because you know, part of it was like she didn't want to fight. So I felt like what I'm not good enough. So like every man has two questions. I think every human does too, but we focus this on the brotherhood is every man has two questions in their life. The two greatest questions, am I good enough? And do I have what it takes? And for the actions that she did, that other person said no and no to those two things. Mm -hmm. And for that, me as a man, a husband and a father, I felt worthless. And that actually moved into, I thought I was good. I, I did work on myself, you know, built myself back up, you know, like, I think it was like a two years later or so. Um, then I met my second wife and at some point in time, she answered those two questions for me and validated me. Mm-hmm. I used that as validation. I found validation in a woman. And because of that, I married her and had a baby, had a kid with her. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it was never going to work. It was like, oh, and water from the beginning. I'm like red flags everywhere. And I'm like, no, wait, I still did that. Right, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? I look right. back and I'm like, I what was I thinking? I'm like, (laughs) you slap your younger self, you know, but it's like, I did that because I was looking for somebody else to answer those two questions for me. When in reality, the biggest lesson I got out of that marriage was nobody validates me, but me. Right. Like I love my wife. I love my parents. I love my kids. They don't validate me though. They don't tell me who I am and they don't say, Hey, this is what you're worth. I do that. And I think that was one of the powerful things. Like you said, looking back, is being able to do that. Well, what's really weird is I, through the years, uh, I've had lots of young guys filter in and out. I've worked with employees and, you know, you get these hour long rides where you're riding to a job site or something, you know, and you're hearing their stories. And, uh, the amount of times people would do weird mental gymnastics, like (laughs) like a girl basically has wrecked this dude, you know, she's cheated Uh on him, whatever. And they would say, I'm like, dude, move on. Like it's time, but no, I must really love her because if I didn't, it wouldn't hurt this bad. 
And you're like, no, dude, that's like saying if a mugger mugs you, it's because he loves you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're taking something from you. Move <laughs> yeah. on, dude. Yeah, cut but, it out. But they would just argue with you. You're like, no, yeah. no, 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 man. Because that person yeah. did validate something in them. Correct. You know, she's good looking. She's whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just perpetuate this nonsense. Correct. And uh, not too long ago, I was talking to another guy, and he's been in a relationship forever that he's not happy with. And we're talking, and he's like, well, this is the weekend. I'm, I'm finally going to break it off, and I'm done, and I'm going to move on, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I see him like two weeks later, and I'm like, hey, how are, you know, how are things going, dude? Uh, you know, i kind of given her another <laughs> chance, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, you know, something happened. Well, yeah. you know, I'm, I just don't know what. And I'm like, dude, everybody fucking hates her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- there's nobody in your life that's going to be like, oh my God, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not maybe so much her, but when you two are together, it's just chaos. Yeah. And nobody wants to be around it. So nobody's shocked by this. And yeah. he's like, oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like, there's yeah. nobody's going to think ill will of you if yeah. you guys break this off. And about a month later, they finally broke it off. But it's just thank that, goodness for him. Yeah, that mental, <laughs> that mental gymnastics you do. Yeah. That like, oh, I'm gonna keep on being miserable because I don't want Correct. X. Yeah. To- well, you, you get in a comfort zone, you know. What I mean, and guys get into that. We we mm-hmm. all get in a comfort zone, and and I call it drifting. You know, you you start drifting because why? It gets comfortable. Uh, you know what's expected. You know, even though it sucks, like you're like, I still know what's expected. Mm-hmm. If I break up, like, I'm gonna have to do this thing again. You know, I already have somebody that's here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it, something's better than nothing. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. And, and, and that's the crazy thing is like, man, who are you? How do you show up in the world? Do you own your shit? Do you love your story? Do you live with purpose every single day? And then, and if you do like that, those, those decisions become very easy because when you do that, I, I operate on three things. Does it help me own myself? Does it help me love my story? And does it help me live with purpose and help other people? That's it. That's how I make my decisions. My life became extremely simple because I only, f- it has to fall into those three things. If it doesn't fall into those three things, I don't do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's where, when you have that alignment, now life becomes pretty, we overcomplicate the crap out of things. Like right. the, like you said, mental gymnastics, we're jumping over this and jumping <laughs> over that. And we're, we're running the decathlon in our head. And all it is, is like, uh, just do get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, throw it away. Uh, and people do that a lot with their jobs too. I see that all the yeah. time. I see people do it with family. Like I, you know, and I, I, I see this in, in some people that just keep family that it's just, they should cut the ties with those folks. And I know it's, they're just corrosive to yeah. happiness. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's sad. People and, are going to lift you up or they're going to bring you down that they're toxic. Get the hell rid of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it sucks, but at right. the same time, you get to deal with their bullshit all the time, and you're like, if you don't want it, don't put up with it. Right. You, you, what happens in your life, it, what you tolerate is what's accepted. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was trying to think of. Yep. And one of the things, and people that listen to this all the time are probably like, oh, he's going to talk about this again. <laughs> but one of the things that really changed my mental perspective was the pandemic stuff through the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Because I'd went through a bunch of really tough business stuff and just ground it through. After years of seven days a week, 14-hour day, just kicking family to the side, mm-hmm. and I can't do that. And in the back of your head, you justify it with, well, if you know, if I take weekends off like those pussies, I'm never going to make it. You know, like that <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we get to the pandemic. The world shuts down. And I'm like, fuck, I think I 
blew the past 20 years. Like I yeah. blew it. Like I'm, I might lose everything right now for no fault of my own. Yeah. And I, I have sloughed off 20 years of being a good friend, being a good husband, being a good father. I'm, I'm, you know, just not. And then all of a sudden I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And yeah. luckily everything came through and everything was fine and whatever. But it did put me on the other side of this where like, I'm like, eh, that shit's not as important to me as it once was Correct. Yeah. on the other side of it, you know? And yeah. I think it does come down to at some point you have to be just solid in your base yeah. to just not get knocked down by life because yeah. you, you think you have to be something for somebody else. I remember going to, you know, joining business groups and thinking that, all right, now I'm in with these guys. That means I'm, I've made it. And, <laughs> you know, nothing. It, it really yeah. was, I was, I wasn't looking for anything, but their approval. And to be honest with you, it meant nothing once you had it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you didn't it, need it. It's, yeah. It's, if you go about, if you go build good shit, man, you build good shit, you know? And, right. and that's the thing is, you know, like when we're looking at the pandemic was an amazing opportunity. Some people took advantage of it and some people pissed it away, but it was a great opportunity to really assess uh, again, ARA assess, reflect and adjust on your life mm-hmm. and say, Hey, am I living the life I really want? Cause we got shut down. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's the cool thing. And those are some of the cool conversations, like in the brotherhood through that whole entire time, you know, we've had guys who've been laid off and some of them are still laid off to this time. They can't find a job. It's hard, but they have a, a brotherhood. They can come and talk to you like, dude, I'm fucking pissed off today. Like right. this is like the 10th job. Like, you know, like interview stuff like that. And it's like, you know, so, but they have a space that they can come to and be like, Hey, and then we're here to support them and find different ways to help and things like that and so forth. Sure. Um, and it, it's just an, it, it's a cool way to be able to kind of do that. So, um, but yeah, that's just like, we, we have to always be in the assess, reflect and adjust mode. And like you said, like it was that time to be like, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Right. And what was, I would love to see if there's a, there has to be, there's statistics on everything. How many people just straight up change professions and mm-hmm. how many of them were because they wanted to, but they used the pandemic as some excuse. Yeah. 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 So it gave you some time. <laughs> it gave you a little runway to be like, you know, I really don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. Ah, well they're closed. Well, I had to find another job yep. and it gets, got rid of all that guild of, well, I work with Mike and Joe and I, if I don't right, show yeah. up, their job's going to be harder. And I have responsibilities here. And when everything shuts down, it gives you the opportunity to go, eh, I might go over there and do that with yeah, no we'll hard be, feelings. We'll it, it gets yeah, rid of correct. all the, so I'm really curious how many people just flip flopped oh, completely yeah. in their life. If you could ever oh, yeah. get that metric down of, <laughs> I didn't blame awesome. it on something else. I actually correct. went and did the thing I kind of always yeah. wanted to do. I would, I'd probably say it'd be like 50, 50. Maybe. I bet you. Maybe even like a 60, 40. Cause I mean, I, we've talked about there like, dude, I ain't doing this no more, you know? Right. And especially when you have like the at home mm-hmm. versus now, like, you know, in the office, you know, my wife was at home working, she does mortgages and uh, she was at home before, uh, but like teaching, like we went virtual. I'm like, mm-hmm. I loved it. Cause I'm like, oh, I already coach online. So I'm cool with it. You know, let's, let's roll. But you know, that was like a whole like shakedown in education. Like, ah! yeah. like I'm like, dude, come on. Like this is, this is, this is like, these kids can handle it. They, mm-hmm. they literally can send a message to 500 people on four different platforms in 30 seconds, less right. than that. And you're like, you're worried about yourself. You ain't worried about the kids. You're like, how am I going to do this? Right. You know, what was wild is my daughter's 10 and I was, 
looking at her through the pandemic and she, I think she did pretty good. She did miss her friends uh, yeah. at some point, but they were constantly on an iPad or a game yeah. and having a conversation all the time. And I was thinking like, if this happened when I was 10, yeah. like I, yeah. I wouldn't have talked to my friends on the phone for a few hours. No. Like it would just been weird, you yeah. know, but these kids seem to breeze right through yeah. it. It didn't really seem to be that yeah. big of a deal. No, no. And, and that's where it's like, you know, for, for my district and stuff, they were like, you know, what are we going to do? Like they're freaking out. I'm like, dude, this is an awesome, amazing opportunity for the educational world to shift mm-hmm. and actually provide students with what they need instead of all these things that you basically got to memorize, pass the test and be like, all right, cool. Forgot about it. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's like, I'm like this, but again, we, in education, we are like, well, you know what? We're going to, keep drowned in the dead horse. Cause mm-hmm. you know, that's what, what we what do. do. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that's where it's like, you know, we're talking, like, and it's not, so, so I do educational work as well as well, like leadership work and things like that. And some of the things that I've done surveys around the country and things like that and so forth uh, about education and people's thoughts on it. And, you know, out in the public, if you were like, Hey, what do you think about education? Oh man. It's like, woo. You know, I don't know <laughs> if you've ever asked that question before. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, and everybody will say it, but, and I'm like, okay, hold on a sec. Is it about the system or is it actually about the teachers? And what happens is there's a lot of great people and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about the teacher. It's about the system that they have to teach it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, what I think one of the big things is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can change with the system and education it has to change. Or, I mean, I'll be honest and I'll call it here is that a public education won't exist if we don't change mm-hmm. because everybody's, they're going to be like, yo, I ain't doing this anymore. Um, and that's what we got to be the reality of it. And then there's options, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's, that's what I'm, education has changed. What's really weird about education right now is I, I don't think we've ever been in a time short of maybe when printing presses came into mm-hmm. existence where information is outrunning your ability to teach it. Like, especially through the pandemic, like my kid would come up to me and she'd be like, Hey dad, um, do we have any picks, something popsicle sticks or whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like (laughs) maybe, I don't know why. What do you, Oh, I'm going to make a diorama. I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh, I was watching on YouTube and she would go off on these things. And suddenly she knows all this stuff all on her own. Yeah. That there's no other way, like short of maybe when you, if you picked up a book and you were reading something, but it's, I think it's way more exciting to sit there and watch. Oh, that's how you make that. Oh, that's how you make that. And the way that her and her friends incorporate that into all the things they do. I'm blown away all the time. The shit they know. Oh yeah. And you're like, how the hell do you know that? Oh, we looked it up. (laughs) A TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a lot of cool stuff on TikTok. Like what did, uh, Oh, it was the, um, my oldest daughter. So we got, uh, my oldest daughter is 17. Um, Callie, our middle daughter is 14 and then Kale is going to be turning 10 here next month. So he's, he's our son. Uh, so we got two older girls. And so Haley comes over and he's like, check this out. So she likes this candle. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, and then hits the flame and it dropped. So the flame <laughs> on top of it, it then dropped back down and lit the candle back up. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I'm how like, do you know that? Yeah. That's cool. How'd you figure that? She's like, TikTok. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I was like, do you know how it works then? So it's cool. Like, we kind of got in that conversation. Like, hey, how does that work? Why does that work? Um, it was neat. But yeah, like this is, the, the thing is, is this, they have these things here and 
there is millions and mi- there's billions of information that's on here that is valuable and usable. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a classroom, now I teach seventh grade math. I teach 110 topics in 180 days. Do the math on that. <laughs> it's not going to be very mastery at all. Right. Um, but I would say usable information out of what I teach is probably 15% of it is usable for the rest of their life. Right, now right. we, and the reason why I like teaching, sorry, not 15%. I would say my, my is probably about 30% because we deal with money. We deal with uh, one, two step in equations, which is in, in, in inequalities, which is in your taxes and stuff like that. Some mm-hmm, of those different sure. things, but everything else like that, I'm like, what? I'm right. like, Triangle inequality theorem, Pythagoras. Yeah, you never. You're a construction worker. Have you right. ever used the triangle inequality theorem? Almost. I don't think I even said those words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. It's it's education. The people. I, I always say it this way too: is there's only two people, two groups of people that say education, and I, again, I'm an educator myself. I believe in education. I think it's important. But how you do it's a totally different thing. I don't believe mm-hmm. that what we're doing is right. Um, is the best form of what we live in today. It's still something we do. Um, since uh, did you uh, did you ever read the book Outwitting the Devil? No, I've never read that one by uh, Napoleon Hill. So awesome, amazing book written in 1938, and the same things he said then are still happening today in education. So when I'm reading this, I'm like, you got to be kidding me! This is what we do. This is what we do. And uh, so when we look at that. You know, getting rid of all those different things, we have to look at a system that provides value and it provides usability. If you're not going to provide value and usability for for kids to when in what they're learning, they're not going to pay attention to it. That's just it. So absolutely, and you know, it's one of the weird things about the the age we're living in right now, and I'm constantly amazed is the amount of people who want to help and share knowledge with other people. Like there, pick anything. And I mean, anything from this microphone to your washing machine, to your car, to the lights, to any, pick anything. And you're just like, Hmm, I wonder how this comes apart. And there's some guy, well, you take this and this, and you're just like, or girl, it doesn't be a guy, but you're just like, why would you make this video? But then you're like, well, I'm searching it for, you know, for it. And it has 500,000 views. So those people are searching for it. Like, I guess it makes sense. But it blows my mind. Just that's yeah, crazy. Why somebody would be like, "Oh, I'm going to change this doorknob. I'm going to make a real yeah. quick video and show everybody how to do this." Yeah. But people it, just want to share. Correct, and they want to share. They want to be creative. They want to do those things, and those are the skills that companies are looking for. I want you to be creative. I want you to be a team player. I want you to be able to come in here and think. Like I love how Elon Musk is like. You know what? This is how I hire. I hire based on if you've gone through crap in your life. If you haven't gone through anything and you have a really high degree and you're a PhD and you're the smartest person ever and you haven't gone through any struggles, I don't care. You're not on my team because if you haven't gone through the struggle, then I don't know what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have anything, you know, there's no merit to you because well, you haven't gone any through. So when you come up to a big problem that I want you to solve and I need you to solve that struggle, you're going to shut down. I don't want that. Sure. I want creative people that work through those struggles become more creative and help other people be creative so that we can create what we need to. Right. So one of the, so when you have people come to your group, do you ever get people that it seems to me struggle and overcoming it is in the formula to get to confidence and purpose and, and um, a better state of mind. 
Do you ever get people that come in that really haven't had enough struggle to base them? Or is it, I was listening to something the other day and they said, everybody's worst day is their worst day, even if it's not your worst day. So the worst injury you ever had, you might've cut, you know, you broke your finger and another guy, his worst day is he lost his leg. And to say that your worst day is any worse than his, obviously his was physically, but yours was still your worst day. Like, Correct. Yeah. Even though it, as it wasn't as yeah. significant as his was overall. Oh yeah. And that's kind of like the level of pain. Like I was, I was, you know, trying to tell my son, like, you know, the other day he's like, Oh, Oh, ow. He's nine, you know, like, so you poke him and he's like, Oh my God, I hurt so bad. I'm like, dude, I literally, I'm like, <laughs> right. I had enough of you saying this. I'm like, literally, I want you to break something. Like I want you to break an arm too. He's like, what do you mean? You want me to break my arm? I'm like, yes. So you actually know what real pain is because right. me just poking you like that is not pain. I'm like, I actually want you to feel like, and, and that's where it's like, you know, he played football this past season and, you know, he was a little timid and stuff like that, but I'm like, dude, go after it. Just hit somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's so afraid. It was that fear of, of getting hurt and things like that, that, that held him back. And, you know, we had conversations and stuff like that about it too. And it's cool because other fathers already went through that as well too. Sure. So I was able to pick up some pointers, but just like that, like that is the case, you know, it all depends on what people go through. Again, everybody has their own story. And what does that story? Cause I'll get a lot of times too, when I, when I talk or when I speak and, and stuff and I'll be like, listen right now, everybody. And again, you, me, everybody listening to this, everybody out in the world, you are exactly where you are because of every choice you have made. And people are like, you don't understand. I'm like, you're right. I don't understand because <laughs> I don't need to understand your story. You need to understand your story. Right, I need right. to understand mine. So I don't need to understand. You need to understand about yourself. And it's like every choice that you make is that was me, you know, when I was going through my stuff, you know, it, like I blamed everything else. Well, this was happening and I was getting taken for child support for this. And I was fighting custody battles for this. Well, ultimately it's my choice. Cause I decided to be in a relationship, have kids with these two people. Right. I'm like, I was in that position because of me and my choices. And, and until I realized that um, I love John Maxwell. I don't know if you mm-hmm. read any John mm-hmm. Maxwell, he says, you know, there's two days where you're born one, one day when you came out of the womb and the second day is when you take complete and uh, complete ownership of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your choices. And I'm like, I'm yes. like, the day I did that, I was like, wow, okay, I'm a new man, because everything really from right now is because of me, you know, right. And so what's really funny is uh, it takes, I don't know what it takes to finally get there. And maybe some people never get out of that, that there's always an excuse yeah. that there's always a thing. And I find that most I, I can't think of anything I ever went through that was nearly as bad as how I build it up in my head. Yeah. That once you actually <laughs> did the thing, you're like, oh, that wasn't so oh, bad. Was, still, yeah, yeah. still sucked, but it wasn't, you know, it's behind me now and it's okay. And I, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that though. Yeah. Like the, if they ever took ownership of this, all the stuff, mm-hmm. it breaks something. And I don't think yeah. some people are made to break and some people aren't. Some people yeah. break and are like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is my fault. And, yeah. The, the biggest thing is it, it, what I run into with men is the ownership piece means you have to own all the bad. Yes. The things that you're like, I don't want to own that. I'm like, yeah, but you need to. Like, that's why you're still drifting. That's why you're still stuck where you're feeling stuck. That's why you still feel like, hey, I can't really provide for my family the way I want to. I can't really be the husband I really want to be for my wife. Like, I'm a good husband, but like, I just know there's more in me 
right. you can't do it because you haven't, you're not willing to take ownership of all the bad stuff too. I mean, that's why I was where I was at in, at 35 years old, because I didn't want to own the fact that I felt shame about myself. I didn't want to own the fact that I had, that I dealt with anxiety, you know, that anxiety was a part of my life. I didn't tell anybody for like 15 years I dealt with this. So all this time I'm dealing with all this anxiety thoughts. I mean, it was like, got super crazy. Like I thought aliens were, you know, <laughs> I saw, I saw a plane, I was brushing my teeth the one morning and a plane flew across. I, I saw a plane fly across in my uh, bathroom window. And I'm like, Oh my God, look, I wonder where they're going. Maybe it's aliens. Oh my God. We're going to have to go live underground in a tunnel. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, and then you're like, dude, am I crazy? And it's like, no, you're not crazy. Just a bunch of stuff going on because sure. you're not aligned to who you are. Like I, I didn't, I had no clue. And, and that's the thing is like when, when you find that out and you reveal that and you put that in a place and, and it's hard, but I had to own all the stuff. I had to own that. I had to go tell my wife and say, like, I didn't want to tell my wife I dealt with it as bad as I did. She knew mm-hmm. I was right. anxious sure. because I thought it was going to be, I, I thought she was going to be like, feel like I was less than a man, a husband and a father. And that goes back to feeling the worthless. Mm-hmm. That goes back to those two questions. Am I good enough? And do I have what it takes? Like, I didn't want to tell her that because I was ashamed of it myself. And I thought she would feel less than, but the problem was, is that was just a mirror of what I thought about myself. When I told her, she's like, I'm like, she's like, oh, she's like, I don't know what to do, but I'm here for you. And I'm like, no, wait, you don't think I'm less than like, I'm a wuss or I'm a pussy or anything. She's like, why would I? I'm like, everybody goes through stuff. And I'm like, well, shit, I should have said this a long time ago. (laughs) And I bet you there's even a little bit of a, of like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. She did already. She's like, yeah, I know. I know you struggle with way more than you told me. And I'm like, oh shit. You know, it's like, what's up? Well, the other funny thing about people is, so if you judged how you played any sport on the first day that you showed up with no idea how anything works. So you judged the rest of your life on that first. So at pick something, it's not that there's nothing to be, there's nothing to be shameful about when you're trying to get better at anything. Correct. Like, can, can you imagine if the rest of your life you carried with you how you were when you were learning how to read for the first time? Yeah. Oh, and you're man, like, I still oh, can't read. <laughs> I'm, well, just, but I'm a terrible reader. I, you know, yeah. I remember I could barely sound out three, three letter words. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, well, dude, you, I've, I've seen you read things before. You obviously can read better. Yeah, but I, I can only... I can't get past those three letter words. And you're like, what are you talking about? Why are you carrying that all the way through? You you were terrible at something and you get better. And then don't hold yourself to when you were terrible. You're always getting better at everything. And the other thing is um, we were talking about this last week and, or a couple weeks ago, I guess. And we were talking about like people, especially when they get um, the call out culture from something 20 years ago that comes Mm -hmm. up and whatever. Oh yeah. But that whole thing is morphed into something else that, can you imagine if you were 500 pounds 10 years ago mm-hmm. and then you worked really hard for 10 years and now you get down, you're down to 200 pounds and everybody just says, Hey, fatso. Yeah. And you're like, no, I worked really hard for 10 years. Correct. And I'm a better version of it. I was, I had a, I had a problem that mm-hmm. I worked really hard to get better at. And can you imagine looking at yourself that same way? If yeah. 10 years ago you were really bad at whatever mm-hmm. it is and you worked really hard to get better and you're still like, ah. Yeah, I'm still no, that same person, you know, and I don't think people give enough credit to people that change right. and get to a different place and, and become yeah. different people, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's important. That's one of the things we celebrate in Brotherhood. Like we do wins for the week every single week. And, and, and it's important because as men, we want to celebrate the big things or we don't celebrate enough. Like I'm a doer. So I'm like, Hey, it's accomplished. Let's go into the next thing. Sure. You know, I don't take the time to actually celebrate what I did. You know, I think that's important because as men, we just want to get shit done and move to the next thing. And, but we celebrate every week because it's important to do that. And even the little things, you know, like, some guys will come when they get on, they'll be like, well, I don't have anything for this. So like, dude, you eat something good this week? She's like, dude, <laughs> right. I had this really good blueberry muffin. I'm like, let's celebrate it. What the hell? Let's do it. That's a good you thing. You know, yeah. let's, you know, that's awesome. You know, and that's where it's cool because you do have some guys that come in. And again, we got guys from all walks of life. Some guys come in negative. So they're just kind of seeing that negative space. So in their reticular activating system, negative is being seen. Mm-hmm. So they kind of speak negative. Well, nothing really went. This went, this went. I'm like, but once they start participating and hear the other guys, you know, in a in about a week or two, you know, they're like, yeah, man, I got a good win for the week. So you start to see this shift of more of a negative piece to more of a positive mm-hmm. piece where they're looking at things in their life in a different fashion. And it's cool because we can now recognize that too and be like, yo, John, man, last two weeks you said something negative about like, oh, well, this was a win, but it really wasn't a win. You know, I'm just going to say it. And it's like, you know, now you actually came up with a win. That's super awesome, man. Right, and, you right. know, so, and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, dude. So you get to actually uplift guys, you know, you get to, to celebrate with them and, and see their face like, damn, I am changing. You know what I mean? And then it's cool as they continue, you know, not only do, when you change yourself, not only does it help you, but it helps everybody around you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you see better connections and relationship with their wives. You know, we got guys that come in and you're like, you know what, my wife and I are just struggling, you know, and it's like, couple months down the road, you know, or we have fam, we just had a brotherhood family gathering. So everybody in the York area that that's around here, we have guys all over the country, but guys that were in this area got together with their families and stuff and kids and things like that are just like, you know what? Thank you. Because he talks to me a lot more now than he ever did (laughs) in his whole life. Like I actually know things, (laughs) you know, now. And it's like, yeah, that's what it's for because it showed that he can open up here. He can open up there too. Mm -hmm. And, 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 she actually really appreciates that. The, the other thing I think happens, especially when you're in a group like that and you start to realize other people have feelings, you realize your wife has feelings and she might be struggling with things and going through things. And you're in your, like your little silo of, yeah. uh, I got to get, go to work and get, you don't understand how hard it is to be me. And all <laughs> of a sudden you're like, one day, I remember having one day I had a realization. I'm like, oh shit. Like, I'm fucking this up. Like my (laughs) wife is really struggling with this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just like, that's not even a thing that I'm paying attention to. Correct. Because I have all this other shit going on. And uh, I think it's it's good to become a little more self-aware of those around you. And, and uh, that sort of stuff lets you realize when you're, when you're looking, especially when you see somebody that you think I'll, I'll never forget one of the business groups I was in. There was a guy in particular that I thought really had his shit together. Mm. And it turns out this guy is a fucking mess. Like everything <laughs> yes. about his life is a mess. His family's a mess. His wife's a mess. Like everything was a shit. Oh, yeah. But if you just saw him in public, you're like, this motherfucker, he's got things yeah. unlocked. He's got the car. He's yeah. got the tie. He's and, got everything. And behind like, it, it was just a shit just, show. Yep. Just, just pulling it. And, and, and that is so like... That was, I, mean, I don't want to say, I was Mr. Positivity, but in my own mind, everybody called me, oh, you're so positive all the time. But in my own head, I was like Mr. Asshole to himself. Like, I was the worst. Like, <laughs> sure. just 
a huge jerk to myself, man, the things I would say to myself and, you know, sometimes, you know, that that's the nice having it because sometimes those old habits come back they start creeping in and I'm like, yo guys, like the one week I was like, guys, this is, this is like creeping in my head for two days. Now I've been like super negative about myself. I'm like, and they're like, dude. And so like just that conversation to be able to say that to them, I said it to my wife. I was actually able to share these things. Uh, once you share it, it's out in the open, you can step into it so you can step up to lead. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that's very important that we don't do enough. Um, and I just had the space to be able to do that. Like I said, yes, I lead it, but I also need it too. You know, sure. there was one week that Toby said something on Tuesday, LA said something on Wednesday. I'm like, dude, I'm like, Oh my God. I, I texted both of them at like on Thursday. I'm like, guys, listen, man, I needed to hear that. You know, thank you for saying mm -hmm. that, you know, it's nothing like it was just in a conversation that we were having that week, but I needed to hear that that week uh, because it was, it was just kind of peaks and valleys going on for me, but that allowed me to be like, you know what? We got this. Let's go. Let's sure. roll. Sure. One of the best things I've ever read, and it was in the past, I don't know, probably five years. It said, uh, would you work for yourself if you talk to yourself the way you do out loud? <laughs> So if you, I would now, <laughs> not then. I'd be like, dude, you're a dick. I'm, yeah, I'm done. Out of here. I'm not, I'm not putting up with that. But we <laughs> no do way. every day. You know, we do yeah. it every day. It's, yeah. it's crazy yeah. how you get stuck in the head. And yeah, then the it, other, the other thing I started it, doing. Oh, go ahead, bud. No, no, no. I, I was gonna say that that goes back to the mirrors. Like, you know, I was challenged at 28 to look at myself in the mirror and say I love you and mean it and believe it. And I was like, whatever. Like, I'm like, uh, what? I can do that. Well, I went to do it, and then I was like, I couldn't. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, our tears are coming down my face. I just felt so banned and shamed. I was pissed. I was mad. I was like, I can't believe I can't do this. It took me six months to be able to do that. Now I can say, but it comes back to that, like you said, like that self-love. Mm -hmm. We got to be able to have that inside of us and know the only person that is with you your whole entire life is you. Mm -hmm. That's it. You got to be good with it. Right, right. The other thing that I, I in the same token, around that same time was, uh, I don't, I don't know where it came from, but they basically said, get up in the morning and do the worst thing first. And that was, I had lots of problems going on and I would just push them to the end of the day and mm -hmm. then do the, I was too busy. I didn't get to that. Couldn't call that person. And so slowly I was like, all right, I'll write the list. So here are the three to 3000 things that I really don't <laughs> want to do today. And I would go through them and get through them. And then the rest of the day I'm like, ah. Oh, well, you know, if I had a phone call I didn't want to make, I had a really pissed off customer or something like that, you sort of do that thing, I'm so busy, I didn't really get to it, and yeah. push it to the next day, hoping it goes away, but it never goes away, it gets worse. Nope, and it then stays there. If you do it first thing in the morning, you get through it, even if it's terrible, you're through it. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, it's off you. And yep. I remember there was a day where I come in and I'm like, I don't have any bad things to do today. <laughs> all the all the bad things are taken care of and it was a very like, free yes! yeah, it was a very free way to live going forward from that instead of having, just having all this stupid shit like oh i gotta deal with this and i just not i'm not gonna call the bank i'm not gonna do this i'm not you know what i mean and it's yeah. it's hard to to live on purpose but it sure is easier yeah absolutely and, and that's where things just keep piling up that's part of the drifting cycle is there's lots of ways to drift and we just pile it up and pile it up huh? that procrastination drift right. is a bitch Yes, you know what I mean? You're like, ah, oh, Jesus. See, like, I got to do all this, but you know, and, and that's where we, we just got to learn, Hey, how do we operate? How do we work? What do we think? You know, here's our tendencies, you know, that doesn't, you know, just like, you know, taking out the trash or do things for your wife or things for your kids. You know, there's tendencies you do and don't like to do like, 
you know, but just doing them, get the shit over with. And you're like, all right, it's done. Yeah, done. Feel better. Yeah. yeah. Cleared. So if anybody wanted to find out more about you guys, how, what's the best place to find you and how do they reach out? Easiest way uh, is www.purposeinfusedbrotherhood.com. Um, you can jump on there. Uh, we've got information about what the brotherhood is, some different events that we have uh, that are going on. Um, you know, one of the things that we're doing in York, uh, in the York PA area is we're doing a muscle and mindset with uh, one of the athletic clubs that is near us. So fathers and sons are going to come in and we're going to do uh, some building, battling, bonding together. The goal is to strengthen father-son bond uh, together through physical fitness and mental fitness. Um, so we're going to be doing that. Um, but we have some, uh, I got a book club that's going to be coming up starting in what is March, April, sorry, April. So we're going to read, um, life on purpose. Uh, so there's a bunch, just a bunch of different things that we do there that you can participate. Or, uh, if you want to sit in into the brotherhood, you can come and sit in, see what we do, how we operate, understand the place and space that you have to be able to be exactly you to live with purpose or to build your purpose and then live with it every single day too. So, uh, www.purposeinfusedbrotherhood.com. And then I'm on all social media. So easy to as find. well. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully, uh, some folks reach out to you and I, I, I know quite a few people that could use a little yeah. talking through some things. Yeah, absolutely. But- Send them our way. We got a <laughs> great group of guys that are all here to support. Like I say, you know, the, the coolest thing, one of our brothers said, you know what, like he was part of some other men's groups, but the coolest thing he said, is like, man, I just, I felt like I belonged here. I didn't have to fit in. I just felt like I belonged because you guys expected me just to be me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, exactly. Right. And what's, you know, it's strange that more people don't have the support groups that, so for example, I've got a relatively good group of friends. Mm-hmm. And usually what happens is we'll have some sort of therapy session and we'll climb up in the trust tree. And, but usually we've had too many cocktails and nobody can remember exactly <laughs> what, what it was we talked about. It's like, I know we talked about some heavy shit last night and I feel better, but uh, and, I can't remember it. <laughs> right. And uh, so I have other friends or people I know, they're like, it must be so nice to have a group of friends that you can mm-hmm. do whatever with. And I'm like, why don't you get some friends and do that? Yeah. But some people <laughs> just don't have yeah. that group that, that works that way, you know, that they have to yeah. seek something out. So I think what you're doing is a good thing. Real awesome. Good thing. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, man. Well, we'll have to do this again sometime in the future. I had a great time and I Heck appreciate yeah. you being on, man. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on and uh, enjoy your evening. Enjoy the Pennsylvania weather. We're coming yeah. to springtime. <laughs> great, isn't it? <laughs> All right, man. See ya. All right. Thanks, John. Yep, Bye. See ya.